Now, I think in society today, we don't recognize the value of our words that we uh, carry. So I'm going to pray, and, and I'm going to ask that uh, you would uh, avail yourself to really open up your heart uh, as we dive deep into the Word of God the next uh, couple months regarding the words that we speak, because every word has significance. Father, I thank you for the anointing of God, the realities of truth that transforms every area of the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we think. Lord, as we have gathered together a family, we rejoice in your word that you have something special prepared for us. We could actually say for me individually, because you care for us. We are your daily delight, and we receive this in Jesus' name. Before we continue, uh, for all the men that are going to be going to the kingdom-minded retreat, uh, men's retreat, uh, we have a a letter for you outside at the the retreat table, and uh, it will give you all the information that you need uh, regarding this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday is the retreat. Some of you are coming out on Thursday. Uh, Friday we'll be playing golf. We'll be swimming on Friday night. Saturday morning we'll be diving into the Word of God and worshiping the Lord uh, with all of our hearts. And so, men, I'm excited about that. I can't wait to hang out with you for a couple days. Well, let me ask you uh, this. Has there ever been a time where what you said got you in trouble? (coughs) Excuse me. Proverbs 18.20 says this, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. So I want to spend time thinking about this verse uh, today. In other words, Here's what I want you to understand. The quality of life that you live depends on what you say. The quality of life that you live depends on what you say. Let me uh, uh, read this to you. It's called The Wrong Words. A married couple, both 60 years old, were celebrating their 35th anniversary. During their party, a fairy appeared to congratulate them and grant them each one wish. The wife wanted to travel around the world. (laughs) The fairy waved her wand, and poof, the wife had tickets in her hand for a world cruise. Next, the fairy asked the husband what he wanted. He said, I wish I had a wife 30 years younger than me. So the fairy picked up her wand, and poof, the husband now was 90 years old. You need to watch your words. <laughs> Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is why our words are so consequential. This is why we need to understand the very things that we say are so vital for every aspect of our life. The reason is that we were created in the image of a creative, speaking God. Anytime God wanted something, he spoke it. In the beginning of the book of Genesis, you see these words many times. Then God said, and something took place. Then God said, and something took place. It never said that God raised his hands and something happened, waved his hands and arms because he's God. No, it's what he said. Now, when God wanted light, he spoke it. When he wanted life, he spoke it. In Genesis 2-7, he says, God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The paraphrase of this in the literal language, a man became speaking spirits. 
You were created in the image of God to live your life based upon what you say. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into this. We're going to find out this creative aspect of our lives. We're going to find out what it really is. We're going to see things that uh, maybe we've never seen before. But I'm going to take some time in this because I believe during this summer, as we are running around and uh, vacations and all the wonderful things that God has blessed us with, I want you to begin to think all through the summer, what am I saying about every area of my life? See, we were alive and we could speak. The only species on earth that could do that was mankind. Now, animals can't communicate like man. They can't communicate their heart like man. They can't communicate their feelings like man. And they cannot communicate truth like we can communicate truth. So think with me. This is uh, what I'm trying to mold our thinking today and on through the summer. There is something creative about our speaking. Now, I want you to hear something, and I want you to hear it very clear. In this creativity, the Bible doesn't say, in creating with our words, our power of creating is even close to God creating. And we'll explain that during the summer. We'll explain that during this time as we teach. Verse 21 does say death and life are in the power of our tongues. If Proverbs 18.21 is true, we need to learn how to control our tongue. Amen? James says if we could tame our tongue, we could bridle our whole body. Now, why I quoted this is it gives us another thought. Now, let me show it to you how many problems we could fix in our body if we can fix our mouths? James 3, verse 2 through 6 says, For we all stumble in many things. Anybody perfect here? I know some of you think you're close. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, We put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Whoa. Whoa. See, Matthew 8.16 says, Jesus cast out spirits with his word and or words. The Bible says so much about words, and we need to recognize that there is such a significance about a, a believer understanding every single day the importance and the significance of what they say. Now, I understand every truth in Scripture that Satan has a deception to it. See, Satan himself deceives us. This series, I will give you what God says and not become extreme like some have come extreme, not many, but some have, because words are important. What we say is very, very, very important. But we're going to dive into this, and we're going to see exactly what the Word says, because some Christians have backed away of our confession and backed away of even wanting to talk about or think about what we say, because some have maybe, or we thought, some have gone to extreme on this teaching. So what, what I want us to do is, is that all of us have faced things in our life. We have, we have had stuff that have happened that people, religious people have become so religious minded, they're no earthly good. They've said things, they've done things, and we backed away from it. And we said, because 
I believe some people have gone extreme. I don't want to even talk about it. So what we're doing is we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And we have to understand what did God say about our words. So here's my focus on this whole series. I am not saying we need to get God in agreement with our words. I am saying we need to get our words in agreement with God. I'm saying that you and I need to get down to the basics. If we really, the quality of our life from this day forward, because the truth has been given to you and it can set you free from bondages that have been placed in our lives based on our words. So let me today begin by giving you two things today about our words and what I see basically the most important. And because these things literally uh, fulfill the law. Jesus said something about this, and we'll, we'll talk about this later in the series. But these two things, first of all, let me give you the first one. Words connect us to God. Why are we, our words so important and so significant? Because they connect us to God. Words are how God comes from the spirit realm where he lives into the natural realm where we live. Let me, let me show this to you. In John 4.24 says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Words are the vehicle or the bridge to, to get from the spiritual to the natural or the natural to the spirit realm. Words. Another bridge God uses that that is basically the, the reason why we have this power with our words is we were separated from God when we were born on this earth. There is an eternal division between God and man, which is called sin. A holy God cannot fellowship with sin. So the question is, how did God connect with us from the spiritual to the natural? The answer is John chapter 1 we're going to read verse 1 and verse 14. We quote this all the time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the spiritual Word became natural. He, Jesus, the Word, became flesh. Again, his name is Jesus. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, He sent his Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God sent his Word to get to us. Why are words so significant? Our God is constantly bridging that gap with his word. And we connect with God with our words. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. It speaks of singing words, being thankful, having a heart attitude. In other words, what is our heart? So when we begin talking about words, we always need to talk about our heart. We need to talk about what is the attitude of the heart. Is the heart angry? Is the heart unforgiving? Is the heart thankful? Is the heart loving? The reason Satan doesn't want you to be a praiser or a worshiper is because he knows that's how you reach God through words. Thankful people get into God's presence. Grumblers never get into God's presence. Thankful people do. Praisers do. Look at it this way, your praise is faith, your grumbling is unbelief. 
and it is produced by your words. Now, so we not only praise, but we pray, and that is talking to God. Again, it's about words. Are you following me with my thinking? Are you following with how I'm setting this up with you? And, and many of the things we're talking about, we're touching on today. But during the summer, we're going to just dive into every aspect of what I'm saying. And, and I, I really, this is uh, really dear to me. It's an endearing thing to me. Because my passion is that people are healed. My passion is that people will have such a fellowship with God that, that they're every day, no matter what they go through, they... They just have great joy in their heart. Luke 2.37 says, Jesus tells a story of a woman was praying day and night. Ephesians 6 tells us to pray in the Spirit always. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 tells us to pray without ceasing. Now, now all these things, you know, the extreme aspect, uh, day and night and and always pray in the Spirit and pray without ceasing. You know, you say that's an impossibility, is it? Because when we look at it in the natural, when you start speaking to a spiritual God, because you are are speaking spirits, you are spiritual, what we need to understand, there is an ability that we have with our words to change our lives, to change those around us, and to change our nation, and to change the world. And it's by that little thing called the tongue. So the question is, why does God want us to pray day and night, pray in the Spirit always, and pray without ceasing? Because this keeps us connected to God. Did you not know how much God loves you? Did you not know that God wants you to be with him 24-7? That's how much he loves you. He, the Bible says that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's always there. Because he is a spiritual God and he's speaking things over our lives. And what he wants to do is he wants us to do the same thing so that we can interconnect, that we can connect with God, that we can be a people that, that are out there on, on the ball field, that are out there playing golf, that are out there swimming, that's out there whatever we're doing, that having a barbecue, but there is an essence of our life that our words are bathed with spiritual power and they change things. They're significant. They change people. The things that we say are so vital. Because again, that's why I'm always saying to you, God is more concerned about what you're becoming, not what you're doing. Because if you become something, automatically you speak it. We'll find that out regarding the heart. Praise and prayer keeps us connected. We have announced that we're having a, a praise, worship, and prayer time this month. And I'm asking every one of you to be a part of that. Why is that? Just because we want to have something to do. No, I got enough to do. But I want us to be together. And I want us to be a people that are connecting with God. Amen? And I want us to be a people of praise and worship and prayer. You see, praise and prayer keeps us connected, not in relationship. That is through the blood of Jesus Christ. But this is important. Satan cannot harm us, but he tries to deceive us so we will harm ourselves. He's trying to get you to turn your mouth against yourself and destroy yourself. Satan uses words to come at you. He did it, and he did this attacking Eve. How did he do that? Words. Satan came to Eve and said, did God really say that? Did God really say, did he really say words? Because why, why Satan said that? Because Satan knows that when God speaks, something takes place. 
Did you not realize the very essence of mankind falling, Satan brought up the subject that what I'm trying to teach you is that words are significant. We're speaking spirits. Jesus came down and walked with Adam. The Bible says that he spoke to them and was connected with them. Every, every cool of the morning, the Bible says that he spoke with Adam. Satan said, those words that God said are not true words. He then said, here are the words that are true. It's the battle of words. Your battle is not really sickness, disease. Your battle is not worry. Your battle is not all these different things. Your battle is words. Because words are creative. Words are what really sets things in action. (laughs) So he used words. So here's the goal of Satan's attack. I gave you my goal. I'm I'm giving you Satan's goal. And then the rest of the time, we're going to give you God's goal. Satan uses words to deceive you so you won't be a praiser. You won't be a prayer person and then live your life not being thankful. Praise and prayer is vital. This disconnects you from fellowship with God. Now, I said that statement that I just said this certain way. Some of you writers would say, Pastor, you could have said that better. I said it that way because I want you to understand the very essence and the significance of what I said. He doesn't want you to be a praiser. He doesn't want you to be a person of prayer. Romans 10, verse 8 through 10, look at this. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Words. Words changed your life. So how does a person get saved? He walks the bridge of the confession of the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Words get you from the natural to the spiritual, from hell to heaven and or life and death. Words are significant. Now, in Matthew chapter 12, let me just throw this out at you. And we're talking about that our words connect us with with God. This passage has been taught many times wrongly or has been taught wrong or people have a wrong conception of what is being said here. In Matthew 12, listen very closely to this. You'll you'll see it. Therefore I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. There have been times in almost 40 years of ministry that people have come up to me, and they are devastated because they believe that they have blasphemed against God. They have done the unpardonable sin, and that they are just going to go to hell no matter what they try to do. And I had to spend time in going through Scripture and discussing with them what the unpardonable sin is and using the Scripture. So let's keep reading. Verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, 
or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Remember last series we talked about the Bible uses trees as men. So the tree is the heart, fruit is the mouth. (laughs) He says, if you have a bad tree heart, you will have bad fruit mouth. Verse 34, these are nice words, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you have an evil heart, you can't speak good things. The focus of this passage, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word, everyone say idle, for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. My question to you How do you get saved? By words. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. For your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Let's keep going. Jesus is casting demons out. He is healing people and being led of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees come along and attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to the devil. Remember that story? Jesus turns to them and says, the very thing you are doing by speaking evil of the Holy Spirit's work, saying it's the devil, that will send you to hell because your mouth is connected to your heart and your heart is evil. Okay, let's keep going. Jesus said, if you continue to harden your heart to the Holy Spirit, it can send you to hell. The reason you are speaking what you are is because your heart is hard towards the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit draws you to God. Scripture constantly ties the heart with the mouth. The unpardonable sin is a hard heart which comes out of the mouth in the rejection of Jesus Christ. I hope that changes any of you that you've had words spoken over you by religious people saying you're going to go to hell because of what you've done or what you're saying. And I want to tell you, today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, what you can do today is believing in your heart that he is the son of God. He went to the cross. He shed his blood for your sins, took stripes upon his back for your healing, and in your, with your mouth you confess him as Lord and Savior, and you will be saved. And no matter what people have said about because you're evil or whatever, you've done this, you're going to hell, they're wrong because the only way for you to go to hell is for you by your mouth telling Jesus, I don't want you. Amen? Amen. Now, with that very essence, I could stop, call everybody up to pray, and say, now, let's be delivered from all the stuff, all the past words that have brought bondage in our life. Because words are significant. You need to bring every family member. You need to bring every religious person you know. You need to bring every lost person, every homeless person to church next week. Because people are living the life they are living because of words. And their life is based upon, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How significant are our words? Let's read 36 again. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, They will give account of it in the day of judgment. 
Our words are written down. I think God remembers all our words. Some of you are really scared now. But hold on. I'm going to give you a truth. Let's not go to extreme. Hebrews 8.12 says this. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. God is recording, but he has an erase button. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ through grace. Amen? Now, we will talk about this this summer, but your words and people's words have been very strong. They're significant in your life today. And by you clapping in that, that grace, what you need to clap for also, and we will cover this, is it will deliver you from the curses that have been set in your life. I'm not talking about witchcraft. I'm talking about the significance of our words and people's words. And in most cases, the significance of my own words towards myself. Are, are we getting anything here? <laughs> okay. Thank God for that erase button, amen? Even as a believer, my words should be so significant to me because my words will be tried. My works will be tried. What I say, what I do will be tried. Thank God, and, and we may cover this. I, I'm still debating on this, but in the book of Corinthians, it talks about wood, hay, and stubble, gold, silver, and precious stones. And it talks about when it's, it's fire comes under it, what is burnt away and what is not. See, the things that are words that are idle, are words that are not significant, are words that, that, that don't mean uh, anything in the spiritual of godliness, they will be burned up. They will be tried and burned up. I thank God for that. So I want to have my words more significant to where my words are God's words, and if my words are God's words, then they will be gold, silver, and precious stones, and that refining will take place in my life. I said, well, might cover that. We kind of did there, but, but I want you to understand there's so much in the Bible about our words. So words connect you to God. That is so vital, church. So many people Say, it's so hard, I don't understand, I don't see God, I don't understand this. How can you pray to, a, to an invisible God? How can you, all that, that's the very thing. The reason why they're so blinded and deceived is because of their words. About who God is in their life. I don't hear God. I don't see God. He doesn't speak to me. Our words are significant. When our heart changes of the knowledge of the Word of God and we begin to speak the truth, then we begin to see God in everything. I'm not talking about being extreme. I'm not talking about being some religious-minded person that we're no earthly good. I'm talking about a man, a woman, that says, I see God. God is right here in the midst of my trial. God is right here in the midst of my prosperity. I see God in everything. And I praise him and I worship him. And I talk to him on a daily basis. And I know he hears me. And see, when you begin to speak like that, the revelation and the visual aspect in your heart and your spirit, you begin to see God. You begin to see his word. The truth of the word, it becomes bigger and greater in your life because you literally, by your words, in a creative manner, are creating an atmosphere around you that allows God to be so visible, even though he's invisible. So the first thing, words connect us to God. And here's the second thing that fulfills the law, these two. The second thing 
I want to show you is words connect us to each other. This is very significant even for us, Valley Community Church today, is uh, we have uh, gifted people who uh, they love to cook, they love to uh, entertain people, and we have many people like that in our church, and, but it's not really because their food's good, praise God it is. <laughs> but it's because... What God wants with our words, our fellowship, is to be able to fellowship with one another. So out in the courtyard today, every first of the month, we will be having a special time outside for you as you can gather and eat really good food, but begin to uh, partake of the words that people speak. Because the importance of the words that we speak are so vital. It's better than a filet mignon. It's better than, than the, the, your favorite food. It's better than the favorite dessert. Our words prepare, produce, heal, restore. The power of life and death are in our tongue. And if we will learn to communicate and to be a blessing and to fellowship with one another and to be a people that speak good things. It's not about me, it's about you. Because when I go and I'm around people, it's not because that's, that's my job, that's what I'm supposed to do, that's my ministry. No. It is because it's in my heart. It's in my heart that I love people. I want to see people just explode in the prosperity of God. I want to see people grow in their ministry. I want to see people become everything God's called them to be. And I will, my words, sometimes my words can even be in a loving way corrective, but it is something that I must stand because not because I want to be right, it's because I want people to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. And your mind is renewed through the Word of God. And so directly after this service, you'll walk out there and you'll see that there are some very special people that they have prepared things for you, and I would ask that you would just spend a moment. Get to know somebody. Matter of fact, you're going to see people coming from the next service. Get to know people you've never known, and that you can begin to speak, not idle words, but speak powerful words over people. Be a blessing. God bless you. And, And say, you know, beautiful dress, you know, Handsome haircut, whatever. Don't lie, but just, you know. (laughs) But be a blessing. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, words of knowledge. We're spiritual beings, speaking spirits. We can speak the very ordinances of God to one another. That's what fellowship is. Hmm. Go back to Proverbs 18. Let's look at verse 20. (laughs) We always talk about our stomach, don't we? So does the Bible. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips. He shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, just, just, just think with me. Why in the world would the Bible put, there's death and life are in the power of the tongue, and then says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing? I mean, how does that compute? You ever thought of that? Because what we do is we we read the one verse about the tongue, and then we read another verse about uh, being married, you know, and it's totally different. No, it's totally together. Your marriage will never be any better than your mouth. Who? Anybody want to go to a marriage conference? You just had one. (laughs) Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. If you want a great marriage, make it with your mouth. If you want great kids, make them with your mouth. 
Speak life over those around you, not death. You're either speaking life or you're speaking death. You speak death over your finances. You speak death over your health. You speak death over your relationships. Stop speaking the wrong thing because your words are significant. Here's here's another thing I'd like you to, to think through. Stop saying, well, you know what I think the Lord means. No, the Lord means what he means. Stop putting words, perverted words, in God's mouth. What God said is what God said. And if he says it, that's true. Well, I know that's what Scripture says, but, you know, look what's going on in my life or so-and-so's life. I bet you, stop. Those are idle words. Start aligning your mouth words with the word of God. Begin praising God for the person God created them to be. If you're going to be, and I'm going to use a terminology and then I'll explain it. If you're going to be religious, if you're going to be Christian, If you're going to go to church, what you must understand is this, is we must get to a place of watching our words and begin speaking what someone is to become, not what they are. I'll say it another way. Stop looking at the dress and saying it's ugly because it's not what you like. Because we're all different. That dress is beautiful to that person wearing it. Amen. Are you getting my drift here? And we begin to see people... And when you look at people, you judge it by what you like, by what you know, by what you have experienced. Or, and I'm going to say this, this is not anybody in this room, by the evil that's in your heart. And if there is hurt, if there's bondage, if there's, there's all kinds of things going on because of other people's words or your own words, what I'm saying to you, why don't we change it? God is right there. He's already made himself by his words available to you. He is there. His presence is there. How you connect with it, how you get a part of it is by your words towards him. How you connect with one another is by your words. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. There's power in your tongue. Someone's thinking real loud. Pastor, move on. Okay, I'll move on. (laughs) Let me just say it this way. Stop condemning others with your word. If your husband does only one thing good by getting up in the morning, this is what your word should be. Tell him he is the best getter-upper you have ever seen. Say, honey, I watch you every morning getting up at 10 a.m. Man, you're good at it. (laughs) See, to encourage means to encourage, put courage in. Your words need to be words that put courage in other people. Even though they are totally evil, your words could put courage in them to change. But what do we do? We destroy. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now watch this. 
that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. The word word there is the Greek word rhema, and it's speaking, it's saying the spoken word. Some women, you know, they're so, <clears throat> I don't need anybody to wash me, I take my own bath. Get out of that too. You don't really mean that. See, every time I raise the standard of my mouth, more people get ministered to. You know, I always hear people, well, you know how so-and-so, you know, we, we have Mayor Gloria here, and well, you know how so-and-so, she's, how do you know? You don't even know her. How do you know what she's thinking? You, you've never talked to her. All have you done is listen to what someone else said, condemning words. See, that's why we're getting together. That's why the fellowship is there, is because we get to know one another. When we speak, we encourage. By the way, I know Gloria, and she's awesome. I encourage you. Mayor, to do greater things. And I, you know, I could go around to every one of you and to see, and I, I watch Facebook, and I, I'm not, I don't post things much on Facebook, but the reality is I watch it because I just, I can't be around with everybody, but I can a little bit just see a, a little picture of who you are and what you're doing. A lot of Facebook to me, I throw in the trash. But the reality is, is you have something very special. Your words are either building bridges or blowing up bridges. You are determining the quality of life that you live by what's in your heart that comes out of your mouth. I proclaim in Jesus' name that you are healed. I proclaim in Jesus' name that the enemy has no power over you because the word of God says by Jesus' stripes you were and are healed. Amen. I proclaim a blessing over your home. I speak that your home, that maybe there's been generational stuff regarding divorce and all kinds of things in your home. I speak right now in Jesus' name. It has no hold. Those words must be smitten before your face. They have no power over you. But what you have to do is begin to speak that same thing and believe in your heart. Your children are amazing children. I get so tired of people calling two-year-olds terrible twos. Mine grandchildren, my children, were terrific twos. The Bible says from the beginning that rebellion is born in the heart of the child, but it's a rod of correction that drives it far from them. Where does that correction come from? By what you say. By what you say. I tell you, you know, I, I still, every time I see the folks that went to Israel with Terry and I, I tell them, man, I miss breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We were with them all the time. And I loved them. I loved them before, but now I really love them because I know them. And we had a blast. We had an amazing time. We had challenges. We had, you know, what are the pick? This cucumber salad or this cucumber salad, whatever. <laughs> we had fun. But see, at the beginning, you know, everybody was all like, we're traveling to another country. It's Israel. There's all kinds of problems, all the different things. And within two or three days, uh, we were laughing with one another, crying with one another, rejoicing, seeing someone baptized in the Jordan River the first time they've ever been baptized. Just the joy, the the, the privilege, the, the things that went on. Why is that? Because that whole trip, our words were encouraging. Our words were, were blessings. And, and I just saw 
man, I just saw that whole trip. I just saw them like flowers just bloom. The whole group just bloomed because of, of the power of the words and, and the heart that was in each person that was there. I, I'll just tell you what. Do you not know how amazing you are in the kingdom of God? The problem is, maybe some of you don't because your own words have destroyed yourself. I'm asking you not just to just start flying out with the words. I'm asking you to begin to praise the Lord, begin to dive into Jesus and begin to speak Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There is something about that name. The song says, Master, Savior. I mean, you go on and on and on, the things that you say. The doctor tells you there's a disease. What are you saying? The doctor says your child will never get this. What are you saying? Have you believed the deception of the lie? Well, no, the, no, but the doctor's true. Yes, they're telling you what is now. But I'm asking you, why is now, now? Let me say it another way. Why is the now happening? It's not always because of words. There's attacks to the enemy. Because you have been saying great words. But here's what I'm saying is that you've been saying great words to attack the enemy, and the Holy Spirit shows you that, just tell the devil, shut up. Not very nice words, but tell him to be quiet. You will not believe those words about your children, about your home. So let me say this. If you have blown up a bridge with your words, watch this. It's your words that will rebuild the bridge. You know how to erase, I wish I didn't say that? It's by saying the right thing and believing it. By saying the right thing. Oh, we got a, a lot to cover in this series. I proclaim a blessing over you, life-changing result today, because today you've recognized your words are significant. The moment you start that in this world, you know what people are going to say? What? I know who you are. No, they don't. They know your past. But what happened to your past? been forgotten and forgiven. Who are you today? You're a child of God, anointed of the Holy Spirit, walking in the power of the Spirit, doing amazing things, and in your words, they become very creative because it creates an atmosphere of God. Let's all stand.